Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios here in Laurel and Hattiesburg today. We're glad you're with us. Kind of rainy here in South Mississippi this afternoon. Hope the weather's better wherever you may be tuned in. Jeff Long is the athletic director at Pearl River Community College. He's going to be joining us next segment to talk about what's what's ahead for uh, junior college football at Mississippi. Kelly Sander, he'll, uh, of course, have a plethora of information later in the show. But we're going to kick things off right now with an old buddy of ours. J.P. Heath is the play-by-play voice for the Rice Owls. J.P. is no stranger to the Eagle Hour. Always happy to, to talk to J.P. How are you, sir? Howdy. Cannot be better, all things considered. Better than I deserve. How are y'all doing? Well, we're doing well, and uh, as always, we appreciate uh, you being on the show. All right, JP, uh, we talk every day. We have no games to talk about anymore, so we we talk about whether or not they're going to be games. We talked about Rice uh, earlier in the week uh, when when the word came out that the Owls had pushed their schedule back, uh, I believe, uh, to September 26th. That's right. They were dropping – Games, the opening games against Houston Army and LSU, uh, the 26th, the Owls scheduled to play Lamar. Today, the conference that Lamar plays in, the Southland Conference, cancels their fall sports. But a little caveat there that uh, schools like Lamar can pick up games uh, with non-conference opponents if they choose to. And you think as of now that may be the case, that you guys may still open on the 26th of September against the Cardinals. Yeah, that's, that's the way it's looking right now uh, with the caveat. Maybe I don't make the best radio guess, but I don't have any inside information. I'm usually maybe next to last to know. But, yeah, that's it's on the schedule. That's how they're planning. Now, the Southland uh, caveat is what I think. You mentioned the caveat, but, I mean, they need you get money. So in these buy games, whether it, I, and I don't know the money, but let's say it's hypothetically $200,000 where it could be a million dollars if, like, Conference USA is, is playing in the SEC. You know, that, that number, it, it all depends. The smarter men and women above my pay grade decide those things. But so a league like that, they allow that opportunity to bring in some revenue but to still not have a season totally lost. It makes sense, but the math of it doesn't add up because by the time the season goes on, they might not have a lot of chances to get more than two games. But, again, no. a lot of smarter folks than me. All right, so the Owls lost their games. Uh, can you correct me now if I'm wrong about any of this, but lost their games with Houston Army and LSU. That had to be a financial blow to the Owl football program. Yeah, definitely. The LSU one specifically, because that was going to be down the road from us uh, at NRG, and LSU, one of the reasons I'm sure they made the deal is LSU wants that footprint in Texas, and specifically kind of one of their other alternate home bases in Houston. So uh, I'm sure that was big for both sides. But, yeah, uh, anytime Rice is going to play a school like that, I don't know the dollar figure, but I'm sure there was a 
a lot of money, but I mean, really, <laughs> not to beat the dead horse debtor, but that's the theme so much in all this. Uh, so much money is, is, is being lost, but uh, it's it's such a bizarre time in our, or not our nation's history, but us from the sports fan standpoint, it's, it's like no other time hopefully we ever have to even come close to again. Amen, JP. Amen to that. Yeah. Luke? JP, thanks so much for coming on again, man. We really appreciate uh, your your time, your expertise, and just inside Conference USA, we were chatting before we went on the uh, the air today, and Conference USA puts out a statement yesterday um, saying that they're pressing on with um, with football, FIU postponing their uh, competitions. I think until September 26th, uh, they couldn't play until then. I think anyway, kind of like uh, the Owls. What else are you hearing around the conference uh, from from different guys of your craft and just from different universities, if any? Not much. I mean, <laughs> going back to your opening statement that we don't we don't know any. We don't have the games. I mean, the, the statement that Conference U. I just pulled up the email as you asked that Conference USA membership continued evaluation, including robust discussion. Dot 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 dot. And they talk about the myocarditis uh, heart issue that's been in vogue the last few days, but. If, if it wasn't your direct question, but if I had to answer right now, I, I don't see enough that it's happening. I, I hope it does because, uh, be fully candid, I was furloughed a few months ago, and I don't want to be furloughed again because I like money and my wife likes money. <laughs> um, but I, I don't see enough. I, I try to see the both sides of everything. I don't see enough that says an over-resounding, uh, yes, we can do this, and the student. Everything's going to hinge on when students come back. What are those numbers and the weeks after the students come back? What, what do those numbers do? I just In, in Texas, it's in, in Mississippi, I mean, we've had some of the higher growth weights at time around Houston. I think that you didn't ask the question directly earlier as I'm just going off on tangents here, but Harris County, Houston, biggest county in Texas, uh, what, a million and a half, maybe two million people, it was the highest growth rate in the state. And that, that's tampered down a little bit the last few weeks, but so much of this we just don't know. So that's a long-winded way of me saying, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys are in the uh, Big 12 country out there. Our, our kind of thought here is, you know, as long as the SEC and the SEC push forward, the, the footprint of our conference at least helps um, with, with that. They kind of overlay each other. You know, this was going to be a year – that Rice, um, you look at how they finished last year, man. It's, and you know, if the season doesn't happen like you uh, you think possible, man, you only lost uh, to Baylor by one touchdown last year. You lost two other conference games by a combined seven points, and you go three and zero to finish the season. And and two of those yeah. games were on the road. And this was maybe Bloomgren's come out party year with the Rice Owls. Yeah, uh, I-, I wish we could have some kind of audio version of a bookmark where I, I separate the pandemic and obviously human life trumps all, but man, this is frustrating. <laughs> if, if you knew there was a season, there was so much optimism and it was such a home friendly schedule. I looked at it before the game started chipping away. Eight of our first nine games are in Houston. Uh, do we win all those? Probably not. You know, LSU defending champs might've been a little bit tough, you know, but <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, at, at the same time, there's so much optimism. And year three, like y'all know, year three and whatever the sport, that's when you make the big turn. That's when you make the big leap. So it, it, it's going to have ramifications all throughout college athletics. 
uh, not only how you evaluate coaches, but just how, what uh, in what you think of the program, what what goes forward. Not from a money standpoint, everything it's gonna it's gonna change. So being selfishly again for a second, I just wish we could play so bad to get rid of this nonsense. Hey JP, we've got about a couple of minutes left. I want to switch gears with you just for a moment. We haven't talked to you since the announcement uh, came that the Conference USA Baseball Tournament was going to be moved away from uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, going to Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, and then I believe out there to Rice. Uh, from the standpoint of the Rice program, uh, were the coaches happy putting that tournament on on the Gulf Coast, or did they think perhaps it uh, had become too much of a home field advantage uh, for Southern Miss? I'd say 80-20, your first answer. I don't think it's baseball. It doesn't, in the end, it doesn't matter too much. Now, if it was going to play in Birmingham, if, it, if we had uh, the tournament in Marshall, which I understand their new venue is going to be really good, yeah, that might be something. But the geography of it made so much sense. I'm biased, as we talked about in other interviews. I love coming there. I love driving out there. Uh, and I, I didn't ever, I never at once, this goes back to Coach Graham, I never at once thought they had any malicious thoughts about the tournament being out there. And I think, and, and really, um, other side of the coin, maybe it is fair to go to other venues. Uh, La Tech's going to have the new venue. Obviously, Rice has the venue in the city to support it and the, the hotels around it. So I don't mind change. Change is good. But I, I, loved, I loved going out there. But I, I just know the, the, the contract, I guess. I don't know if there was an out clause. Y'all, y'all probably know more details than that. But that last year, uh, and with us not having it, this would have been the last season. I guess they just decided to right. mutually part ways. Yeah. Can't let you go with asking you, uh, without asking you, uh, uh, Coach Graham, how's he doing? Do you, you ever hear from him? No, I don't. He He's bought a, or built a house up by Lake in Austin, and I haven't actually talked to him. Our, our baseball sports information director uh, got a call from him when he got inducted into like his, uh, he got announced that he was going to be in like his fifth Hall of Fame, but. <laughs> Yeah, we Texas legend icon. He is no question. God only made one of him. And, no uh, question. He's a legend around here. I, I got to tell you, one of the highlights of my career is I got to sit with him uh, during a UAB game at a Conference USA baseball tournament in Hattiesburg. And when he first sat down, I was kind of nervous, you know. And I'm thinking, yeah. well, what am I going to talk to him about? About two minutes later, I realized that wasn't going to be a problem because <laughs> Coach Graham never stopped talking the whole time he was sitting there. It was a great, great experience, I'll have to say. Hey, I did his games for 10 seasons, and I never got not nervous. I was always – I just wanted to make sure I was pleasing the, the OG, as we called it. There you go. Always good to hear from you, JP. Take care. Be, be safe, my friend, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you all. God bless. Go out. Take care. J.P. Heath, everybody, is the play-by-play voice of the Rice Owls and a genuinely nice guy. Jeff Long, Pearl River Community College, Athletic Directors, next on the Eagle Hour. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring the first segment of the Eagle Hour today. Always great food seven days a week. You can dine in. You can take it out. You can have it delivered to your home. However you choose it, just make sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. 
Also, our thanks to Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net for their support of the program. They have a great selection of Southern Miss apparel, school books, and everything you'll need uh, for the fall semester. You can shop there Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street. You can go online to CampusBookmart.net, pick out your selection, and they will deliver it right to your front door. Well, as you just heard from J.P. Heath out at Rice University, a lot of uncertainty about the uh, start of the football season, uh, particularly for Rice, having lost their first three games and now potentially their fourth. Uh, They're scheduled to play football uh, in the greatest junior college league in the country, and that, of course, is the Mississippi Junior College League. Jeff Long is the athletic director at Pearl River Community College. We're very happy to have him on the show. Mr. Long, thanks for your time. And and can you tell us right now, is everything still a go with uh, junior college football? Yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm I'm always glad to get out and talk about our league and our institution. Um, As far as football goes, yeah, we're still on, uh, you know, we're, I've gotten used to saying uh, as of today uh, during this <laughs> right. pandemic. Right. Um, however, um, you know we we feel like with the with the current information we've had we have um, that we're uh, you know of course we push the season back to October first uh, to kind of give give a little time to to see what happens as we get kids on campus. Um, we actually have have kids moving on today. Uh, Jones has had had folks on for about a week now. We've had a couple other schools who's, who who have had kids move in. Uh, I think on August third. So you know we're we're trying to get there. You know we obviously we we're looking at the, the safety and and health of all of our student athletes and our students and our community and our faculty. Um, so there's a lot to consider. Um, you guys well uh, as you as you know, you know following this as as uh, <laughs> through this deal it's it's um, you know it's been very difficult as, as things change daily, but uh, we feel good about our plan and and uh, that that October first start date. All right, earlier this week, uh, East Mississippi kind of surprised everybody when they announced they were not going to play football this fall. Uh, is that a, is that a one off, so to speak? Or are there other schools in the league having those kind of thoughts, or do you think this is strictly a, a decision made at East Mississippi? You know, it, it did surprise some folks, um, and I think you know one thing you got to consider is that there are certain counties and areas in our state that that may be a little more at risk right now. Um, and, and for us, you know, of course, like I said, we're always looking at at the health and safety of our community. So uh, I'm not sure, you know, what all went into that decision. But um, as of right now, you know, it looks like uh, all the rest of our our institutions we have. Uh, 13 other institutions that, that participate in football and looks like we're all a go uh, for for camp starting next week and then uh, you know the uh, uh, first kickoff date of, of October 1st so so we'll see again I think a lot of that is going to depend on um, you know like I said uh, as we get students on campus um, as well as you know the area that that um, each community college is, is located kind of how the numbers look in that area right Luke Jeff, thanks for being on the Eagle Hour today. How important was it, uh, because Mississippi Juco football, really unique uh, compared to a lot of other states and a lot of their competition, how important was it for you as an athletic director for Pearl River as well as uh, the Magjack uh, to pull off football this fall because of how many of your players will probably move on in the spring? 
Yeah, that that was a big factor, um, you know, and, and, and kind of what how we looked at things. You know, obviously we're we've got a unique league. Uh, the NJCAA is the is the only league uh, in America that you know uh, a big part of what we do is send kids um, after after two years uh, or one year, whether it be you know an issue academically or you know there's there's always kids that get overlooked that that want a chance to play and they earn that that right to go play and a scholarship offer to a four-year school. So with with that uniqueness of our league, it, you know, it's uh, obviously very important to do everything we can to align uh, with, with um, you know, with four-year schools. Um, obviously, we've had a few uh, that, that, that canceled, you know, their seasons here recently. Um, I do – I feel like unless we have uh, some major setbacks that, that – you know our other leagues, um, you know, and FBS are going to continue to, uh, to to push forward and and play this fall. You know, there's there's so much being considered with with um, I, I know a big fear is is you know trying to make kids play you know uh, up to 24 games in a calendar year. If you if you try to play in the spring is a is a huge concern. You know, and, and it that goes back to health and safety as well. You know, if we talk about the virus, but. Um, that that's it could be just as important, you know. So, I think uh, for us to try to align with that, we 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 did have to cut our season down a little bit, which is which of course is disappointing. But we feel like we got a good plan in place, and and just to allow those kids, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to uh, as they've planned to to get out here in, in December, and you know, schools like Southern Miss and and our other in-state schools and, and um, you know, other SEC schools and Sunbelt Conference USA schools. And I, it, it's very important for them to get junior college kids in uh, after December uh, in the sport of football um, to give them an extra spring uh, and to get their feet wet academically and, and uh, you know, get acclimated to that institution. So uh, we understand that. That's, that's been kind of the norm uh, over the past you know, seven to ten years is you know, if you're a if you're a prospect, they want you out of here. You know, in December, and once you graduated by then, so we've done as a, as a league, we've really done a tremendous job in pushing that academic part of it uh, to to have a plan to get those guys out in December. So yeah, that plays a big part in it with with our schools, just because uh, the plan all along is, is to have those guys out. You know, in December, so we want to give them an opportunity to. To showcase their skills here uh, in the fall and to, to, yeah. to have an opportunity to earn a scholarship. Bob may want to come back to uh, to football and with Coach Smith being in his first year, but couldn't couldn't have you on without asking you because I know a lot of our listeners out there are really excited about Tay Hardy coming to Hattiesburg. Could you just comment on what type of athlete and, and kid he was when he was uh, down there with you? You know, uh, my my face lights up when I talk about Tay Hardy. Um, man, you're talking about a kid who um, was was just an all around uh, great student athlete, uh, great human being, uh, first and foremost. And you know, he came in here. Uh, to be honest, we had we had a couple other transfers that, that came in um, and and had a little more fanfare uh, with 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 the uh, with their signing. Uh, but, uh, with, with Tay, you could kind of tell right away, he's just a special kid. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's just a really strong, uh, kid, lower body point guard, um, and, and, and just a winner, uh, 4.0 GPA. And, you know, when we needed a play and we, you know, we, we went undefeated. And, and to be honest, we didn't have a lot of close games, but when we, when we did have close games during the second half, you know, 
uh, Tay would just would just take over and and um, you know take over the game for us from his position. And you know he's a point guard that can score and and um, and distribute and just he he's just fantastic. I, I think Southern Miss fans are going to be uh, you know really pleased with. With, with how he'll fit in at, in, in Hattiesburg. And I know you guys had a tremendous recruiting class and got some guys, and uh, Coach Ladner got some some more JUCO guys and transfers and, and uh, signees. I think, uh, you know, your roster's obviously going to be a lot better. And Tay, boy, he just uh, – I just can't say enough about him, what, what he did for our program that, that year he was here. And I, I think he'll, 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 he'll translate well into that league. You had to be disappointed, though, in the respect you had such an outstanding, really incredible season, and and then the virus sort of nips it there at the end, huh? Was that pretty disappointing? Yeah, you know that happened. Uh, we were planning on leaving, going up to uh, to Kansas there uh, over the weekend, um, and and we were, we were going to fly out, be up there Sunday, and and start the tournament. We had a bye. Uh, we were the number one seed, of course, and. Uh, and the virus, uh, what what kind of transpired uh, was the domino effect was was that that Friday. So uh, it, it happened just all of a sudden to us, and uh, yeah, it was it was very disappointing um, just just to not be able to go out there. We felt like we had the you know the best team in the country, and, and right. to not be able to go out there and, and compete. Uh, but we you know we really didn't want that to take away from from what those kids did and and. Right. Uh, sure. Well, we're out of time, but I do have to tell you before we let you go, and, and all the hundreds of interviews that we've done on this show in the last three and a half years, I don't think we have ever enjoyed any more than the interviews we have done with your basketball coach. i got to tell you, he if he ever decides to quit coaching basketball, he's got a real career as a stand-up comedian. He is an incredible guy, Mr. Long, and we thoroughly enjoyed our conversations with him. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. He's he's uh <laughs> he he does have the gift of gab, and he he's a he's a good interview guy. Does a tremendous job for us, um, along with a lot of our other coaches. But yeah, he's uh he's a guy you you love to get on an interview. No question. And look, we're very happy to have had you on the show today. We uh, love our relationship with uh, PRCC, and uh, we wish you guys uh, a great season when football gets underway, Mr. Long. Yeah, thank you guys, and, and stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Jeff Long is the athletic director at Pearl River Community College. We'll be right back. Kelly Sander up next on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good conversation with Jeff Long, the athletic director at Pearl River Community College. Appreciate his time on the Eagle Hour. Thank you for listening to us today. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Kelly John Sander on the phone with us before we get to Kelly. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located just in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium on 4th Street in Hattiesburg. Greatly appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Bob, um, I'll tell you what, beautiful downtown Laurel. 
I'm just sitting here watching all the tourists go by. There's a whole lot of people walking down the street. Is that right? Because of the Eagle Hour? Yeah, I mean they uh, they've heard about us. They come from far and far and near and far, California, oh, Maine, uh, Washington State, Texas, even Smith County. They all coming through here. Ooh, uh, I, I heard County. Kelly uh, during the commercial break. Sounds like he's going to do another WDAM rundown for all us. Right, let's do this. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for sports with Kelly Center. I'm Mitchell Williams. Good evening to you. <laughs> You guys, you guys already addressed the fact that the Southland Conference has canceled its fall football season. But, uh, but as you also mentioned, the Southland has said if, if teams want to go out and schedule some non-conference games on their own, they would be allowed to do that. The only problem and the immediate feedback from other teams has been with other conferences playing conference-only schedules and pretty much consecutively week-to-week. There just aren't a whole lot of openings to be able to play games, even if they could schedule them. for look, So look based on the, the immediate feedback that not a lot of Southland schools will uh, implement that proviso, uh, even though you did talk about Lamar scheduled to play Rice on September 26th. But right now, that would probably be the only game that Lamar could even schedule because most of the conference games for all the other conferences will start immediately after that. FIU, Florida International, as we mentioned earlier, has moved its season back because of uh, COVID-related concerns. And a former... A former uh, opponent of Southern Miss, East Carolina, some news out of uh, Greenville, North Carolina, that as uh, East Carolina students came back to campus this past weekend, Greenville police busted 30 parties, 30 parties. They think that encompassed probably 2,500 students of uh, welcome back parties. Of course, uh, there are rules against such gatherings with our current um, virus situation situation with covid so east carolina is having to deal with that today back in the in the conference usa again chris massaro the athletic director for middle tennessee in an interview with the commercial appeal out of memphis says that he thinks that when push comes to shove conference usa will agree on a one-third stadium capacity uh, when the season eventually kicks off, if it kicks off, and we certainly know that everything is fluid, so if that's uh, if that is the case, that would be about a max attendance of eleven thousand at uh, the Rock at MM Roberts Stadium. That, according to Chris Massaro, the athletic director at Middle Tennessee, and finally Purdue out of the Big Ten Conference, of course, won't be playing football this year, but their coach has come up with an idea that might be that might be a good one if people will just listen. And his idea is for two football seasons, one this coming spring and one in the fall of next year, 2021. According to the proposal, there would be eight games in the spring beginning in February, running through May, and then after a brief hiatus, then a 10-game schedule would be played in October, in mid, beginning in no mid-October. Way. That way there would be a big enough, uh, in their opinion, a big enough time between the two seasons, and then hopefully when things settle down, we'd be back on a regular college football schedule in 2022. There's, but for now, no that's way. the way it looks from here. Back to the news desk. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you that was well done. A couple of uh, comments uh-huh. first. East Carolina was never an opponent of Southern Miss. To be an opponent, you actually have to beat somebody. So um, with Purdue. Um, with, with Purdue, I mean, we're doing this in the name of of safe, safe and safety and health, right, for the players. You're telling me you're going to play an eight to nine game season, 
You're going to take three months off, and you're going to come back and play that again. What does that have to do with health and safety? That puts them in a far worse position down the road. They could get COVID and recover, but all their knees and joints are going to be blown out because they played 25 games or however many it is in in less than 10 calendar months. That's ridiculous. But when they talk about safety, you know as well as I do, Luke, that's what they're talking about is the virus. Right. Yeah, that's right. You know, so so the idea would be, you know, if the virus was under control, you know, it could be managed. But really, if you look at the total, and, and I hear what you're saying, Luke, and look, you played at that level. So your your argument certainly uh, has a lot of credence. But if you look at the college football season as it is today, it's not unusual for some of these teams, you know, with a bowl game and so on, some of these teams are already playing 14, 15 games. And it's all, you know, consecutively starting in September. So, so honestly, yeah, but they take you... nine months off. Yeah, Eight but once off. the season, right? But once the season starts, you know they're blowing and going for about you know fifteen, sixteen weeks. What, what, and I'm and I'm asking you, you know what what would be wrong with with playing two half seasons essentially and just spreading them out? Because so much is going to go in that first season. You're not just dealing with physical stuff; you're dealing with mental stuff. You're dealing with all types of. You're dealing with guys moving in and out of the program. You're dealing with all kinds of stuff like that, man. That I mean, I, I commend him because let's be honest, it is the most forward thinking the Big Ten has given anybody in this whole process. That's one thing they have not done. They've told people what they're not going to do, and they haven't given us one iota of what they are going to do. So props to Purdue coach for doing that. I just I don't think it's it's good for college kids to play that many games in a short period of time like that, especially with the turnover. I'll bet you if if you ask the players though they'd be all on they'd be all on board, don't you think? To play, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. that's what they love to do. I mean, that's why that's what Bob Bowlesby, the, the conference commissioner of the Big Twelve, said. He said a lot of a lot of the decision they made to move forward at this point was that the players were just so adamant that they wanted to play. So um, you know, who who are they to? And and again, what Bowlesby made a good point too. He said these are not kids anymore college football players legally are adults all right so you know their their opinion should should be taken more into consideration than if they were minors because these are the people that are playing these are the people that could suffer the consequences and and being of sound mind and will they're saying they want to play so let's try it we haven't uh, mentioned this but we should the gulf south conference which is a division two conference uh that uh Includes Delta State University and Mississippi College, Kelly. Uh, they announced uh, last night, too, that they've canceled all fall sports and are looking at a spring schedule. So a lot of these conferences continue to talk about this spring schedule. Uh, how realistic do you think that would be? It's, it's, it's going to be tough to, to schedule things in the spring because, you know, if, if everybody is playing in the spring, uh, you got baseball, you got basketball. Basketball is a, a carryover sport, you know, from winter to the spring. Uh, West Alabama is also in that conference right. that you talked about. It used to be Livingston State, where um, the great M.K. Turk uh, right. went to college. So scheduling, you know, might might be a problem. Uh, and from a fan base, you're going to have to choose, you know, sometimes between one or the other. You're going to go to the baseball game. You're going to go to the football game. Or you know, how's that? Mm-hmm. How's that going to work? Because they don't want to step on each other's toes if they can't help it. But all of this, Bob, is predicated on a vaccine being available. Right. And you're hearing more and more now from, 
from uh, the really smart people that a vaccine looks like it may be in the pipeline by even, you know, uh, November mm-hmm. this year. That right. There might be a, a functional vaccine. So if that but but again, if, if there isn't one, we're having this discussion in the spring again. We are. And we focus our attention, obviously, here on Southern Miss. And so as of right now, though, Southern Miss, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the only Mississippi schools that are potentially going to play college football, you've got Jackson State, Alcorn, Mississippi Valley State, Delta State, and Mississippi College now on the sidelines. Luke Johnson, do you think we'd ever be having this kind of conversation where we're all but three of the Mississippi schools are not going to play college football? I mean, I thought we might be having it when talking about Texas or California or, or somewhere like that. Mississippi, it's hard to hard to believe, but yeah, when your whole conference or your whole uh, you know subdivision or division cancels, what do you have left? Or right. What are you you know left to do? I did like what you said though earlier about uh, Lamar. Did did I hear you right in saying that their conference is allowing them to continue to schedule even though their conference will not compete this Correct. year? Correct. They can schedule as many non-conference games as each as each individual institution chooses and can schedule. Yes, that's exactly. Okay, so let's so let's just let's just kind of put that in perspective though. And let's use Lamar as an example. All right, you, you go through all these practices and these guys, you know, working their tails off to get ready to go. You you're going to open against Rice on um, you know, in in that non-conference game on September 26th. Then what? Because because the only conferences that are playing football are playing conference games only, pretty much. Right. And and they well, will start playing. I'm sure, their I'm sure Ole Miss can make room for them. You know. <laughs> no, they've got their hands full in the SEC. Uh, you didn't hear that, did you, Kelly? Yes, they, I did. They can yeah. still make they can still make room for them. They can squeeze them in right after Trust that uh, that the University of Phoenix showdown. Oh, well, and, and like I said, two more guys from University of Phoenix went down today with carpal tunnel syndrome. That's, that's so, a, they got a rash of a problem out there, don't they, Kelly? They, well, when you're, when you're on the computer all the time, you know, that's, <laughs> I guess that, that can be a – but you all see what I'm saying? If you begin right. a conference play in October, there's no other games, nobody else available. That's right. We'll continue the conversation. Also going to tell you about DBAT and D1 training when we come back. Stay tuned. More of the Eagle Hour coming up. Southern Miss to the top. Toyota of Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. You can go onto their website also, toyotahattiesburg.com. Check out their entire inventory, new pre-owned certified vehicles. Pick out your next ride and select it and buy it from Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. With uh, school starting back and uh, you want to keep your kids even active after school, get them ready uh, for athletic competition, DBAT and D1 training in Hattiesburg can help them with that, also help you um, to get fit. So uh, go see our friends at DBAT and D1 training. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Kelly Sander continues on the phone. Breaking news, guys, from the NFL yesterday. 
New Orleans Saints will not have fans in their stands for the September 13th uh, kickoff game uh, against the Buccaneers. Kelly, you got the insight on the real reason why the Saints uh, have decided to do that. Yeah, yeah. The Center for Disease Control have said one of the few things that they do know about this virus is that it does attack the elderly disproportionately. So with Tom Brady coming in as the Buccaneers quarterback at his age, they just thought for the safety of Mr. Mister Brady that that no fans should be allowed uh, at the stadium. NFL that, that always looking out for Brady. <laughs> always. Yeah. But that that's a shame, too, because that's, that certainly would be as if – New Orleans fans would need a reason to get fired up, right, and go to the Dome. But a chance to beat Brady and the new-look Buccaneers. Uh, and then, of course, you got, what, the Packers and Lions coming in shortly after that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you want to watch quarterback play, it's it's the, the year to go to Saints games. Brady, you want to get to see that one. But Brady, week one. Rodgers comes in with the Packers week three. Matt Stafford, week four. Then the Chargers and Panthers uh, come in. So you, uh, Teddy Bridgewater comes back to the Dome. Even later in the year, Garoppolo and Nick Mullins come in November. Uh, Matt Ryan comes. And then Patrick Mahomes comes uh, the week uh, of Christmas. And everyone's favorite quarterback, especially Bob's Kirk Cousins, comes on Christmas Day. That 49er game, Luke, isn't that Thanksgiving Day? Or is it no, same? it's November 15th. Okay, okay. I was thinking it was Thanksgiving Day. They don't play Thanksgiving Day, do they, the Saints? They don't. Okay. Well, they can get away with no fans because they can get the TV money. But Kelly, I want to ask you this question, and let's use this let's use this two lane game as an example. Great, great move by Jeremy McLean to get Tulane on the schedule. I'm not questioning that in any respect. How can you pay Tulane to come to Hattiesburg and either team not lose money with eleven thousand tickets sold? The only thing I can think of is that is that they just laid their both teams laid their cards on the table and said, "Look, it's better than nothing." Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, cover our expenses, you know, and, and give us a little crumb. But again, you don't. I don't think that number could be a concrete number until you know, until you settle on what what your crowd is going to be able to be. Right. You know, and if is what the Middle Tennessee AD was was saying earlier, if they are going to settle upon one third capacity. Um, that would, you know, at the rock would be eleven thousand. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what your break-even point is. I don't know how, and, and of course, you could probably structure it to where we'll make up for it somewhere down the road, or you know, mm-hmm. with a return game under the same financial structure. You know, Southern Miss go back to Tulane, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. A, I don't know how any schools are paying their bills at this point, right. Bob, because because all of them are are separately funded, you know, from... Yeah. And Luke, um, you may know the answer to this. The, the three Power Five conferences that are still saying that they're going to play, have they talked about any fan limitation, or are they actually talking about letting 50,000 people in a stadium? It's still being decided, and that may be, Kelly, the reason you mentioned off-air that the ACC's having a meeting tonight. That's the thing about it. I, I think the most important decision for them is whether or not we're going to play, obviously. But they've got to let fans know pretty quick what's going on and, you know, people plan and, and uh, they want their fans to be excited about the season. But, I, you know, at this point, playing the season is far more important than that. Same goes with the NFL. Um, you know, you, you've got to start letting your people know what's going on. And, and one of the reasons Tulane's coming to Hattiesburg is, is strictly, strictly because of that, Bob. There was an article in NOLA.com where the, the guy from Tulane said that they don't expect having any fans in their 
uh, stadium this year. So that's mm-hmm. why Tulane, it was a no-brainer for them to come. They're going to South Alabama also. Well, that makes sense. And um, easy drive. All right, before we get off the air, I want to remind everybody about DBAT and D1 training facilities. Kelly Sander, you coached a lot of baseball in your lifetime. Having a training facility in town like this, that's got to be a huge thing for kids that uh, want to get just as good as they can get in sports. And 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 this is the thing, too, by more kids are, and, and you could argue whether they should or shouldn't, but the fact of the matter is more kids are specializing, if you will, in one particular sport. So if they're going to play baseball and all they're going to play is baseball, for an example, you know, you want you have to stay active besides just, you know, just playing games. You have to work in the offseason, stay in shape and and learn the mental part of the game as well. So all of that is uh, all that's inclusive. Yeah. So a great place to stay active. All right. On Hardy Street, in the old Getty's Pizza Building. Also want to thank Hattiesburg Toyota for their sponsorship of the show. Love our sponsors. Love our listeners uh, immensely. And we thank you every week for uh, tuning in. But do you love us, Bob Getty? Just like brothers, let me tell you. And actually, people ask me fairly frequently, are we all really friends off the air? And I say without reservation, absolutely yes. And, and we include Speak for the, yourself. <laughs> and we include the stumpster in that group, too, even though we uh, we don't see much of him these days. Yeah, we do We do have to draw straws, though, to see who's going to care for Al Holder. But, um, <laughs> exactly <you know>. right. <laughs> We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and maybe Al will be here. Who knows? Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.